The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is our Tuesday, wonderful edition of East Coast Bias, the first East Coast Bias here in the month of December. Joe House, Raheem Palmer, John Jastrzemski. House, Tom Brady does it again, but forget about that. The more important matter, the more important task at hand is that Raheem and I swept the board for Monday Night Football, so we take a bow, we gloat, I hope you listened to our Monday night podcast where we had New Orleans plus three and three and a half. We had the under. And it's funny, House, I got a text. Raheem got a text from our buddy, the esteemed Stefan Anderson, the producer of New York, New York. He's stepping in today for us in for the War Gone Warrior. And he was nervous for us about Tom Brady and his heroics at the end of the game. Raheem and I had to calm him down. We're like, buddy, it don't matter that Tom worked his magic. We still catch that ticket. Let's go. Good teams win, great teams cover. And the Saints got the cover for us, so that's the only thing that matters. (laughs) Neither one of those teams are good or great. They both stink. That was an awful uh, atrocity of a game. That was like, you know, the the, the, who can be dumber in in the moment. Uh, Congratulations to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen now officially 15 and 46 as a head coach. Uh, That's Hugh Jackson territory. He's an abomination. He's going to take those timeouts that he had uh, at the end of the game. I guess he's going to put them on his mantle because he decided not to use them and not give his chance, his team a chance to to win the football game. He's like, oh, head, oh, oh, Tom Brady and, and Tampa, would you like the rest of the game to try and score this touchdown? By all means, please go right ahead. Um, but I also was on the Saints at the under. I parlayed that. Um, so that was a nice way to end Monday night for sure, JJ. Uh, I am so glad, House, that you brought up the coaching ineptitude of Dennis Allen because whether it's saving the timeouts, whether it's Mark Ingram not staying in bounds, or how about this? You're up 10. You have a fourth and two. You can go for the jugular late in the game. You got Tampa, who's done nothing on offense, backed up in their own end anyway. How about maybe you go for it there and try to, dare I say, go up 17 as opposed to kicking that field goal, the dreaded 13-point lead? And Raheem, they gave him the opportunity. Brady takes it. And I'm just glad, Raheem, I did not get invested 
in any futures in the pathetic NFC South. We talked about that yesterday. Do I get in on the Saints? Do I get in on the Carolina Panthers? Uh, thankfully, I laid off of that. I took my Saints winnings, and we take it from there. I actually have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under 10.5 wins. So I think I just need one more loss, and I, I think I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm going to have a nice little Christmas present once they lose next week to the San Francisco 49ers, hopefully. So <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I mean, this NFC South is, like, terrible right now. I mean, the Saints, honestly, I actually had their win total over. Um, I actually had them to make the playoffs. So it's a very disappointing season for the Dennis Allen and the Saints. I mean, Jameis Winston didn't do what I expected him to do. Andy Dalton definitely didn't do it. So. I'm just, I'm really sad about we'll that. We'll take the L on that one, House. I was big on the Saints as well. I thought they were going to win the division. I thought they were going to be a legit contender in the NFC. Listen, here's two things I failed to realize. Number one, Dennis Allen is an awful head coach. I will not put my money on Dennis Allen in futures ever again. And I didn't know Andy Dalton was going to start a good amount and a good chunk of this year. Happens, House. Can't win them all, bro. That, that's right. That's how it goes down. I, I'm mostly mad at the Saints because they cut off avenues for other teams in the South. I have, I don't have a ton of exposure on the other teams to win the division, but I, as the course of the season played out, saw how bad Tampa was. I was like, you know what? There's some value here on Atlanta, on the Panthers. And by the Saints, you know, giving that game on a silver platter to Tampa, that, for, that really makes the road for both Carolina and Atlanta, those avenues are all closed off now. So that's mainly what I'm pissed off about. So the big story of the NFL this weekend, to me, fellas, hands down, is how San Francisco is going to move forward without Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, done for the year, gets injured on the opening series against the Miami Dolphins, and Brock Purdy comes in. How's he played great? You know me, I'm watching that game. I'm rooting like crazy for my Dolphins. Purdy was not overwhelmed by the moment. He made a big down, third down conversion to George Kittle. He ends up scoring, leading him on a two-minute drive at the end of the first half. He didn't look overwhelmed, but my Niners Super Bowl future, your Niners Super Bowl future, do we, uh, Raheem and I were talking about this yesterday. He tried to tell me that there's still some hope that I should still, like, maybe say a prayer. Light a few candles. Maybe I have some miracle of keeping this bad boy alive in the NFC. How do you feel about Brock Purdy leading our Super Bowl ticket house? Well, this is right at the heart of the matter. We're not really asking Brock Purdy to lead it, right? What we're asking is Kyle Shanahan and that defense and an overall institutional stability in San Francisco to sort of take over. One of the things that jumped off the page at me with Purdy's performance they, they, on a percentage basis, were very comfortable. He threw the ball as much as they would have in any kind of game script with Jimmy G. So that tells me something, and I'll be interested to see as the stories come out this week. It looks to me like they were preparing him through the summer months and, and on during this the, 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 the season here so that the, he was ready for the moment. Like I, That was not a guy that came in having not gotten any reps. You know what I mean? So he has comfort. He has fluency. They have all those weapons. They can definitely run the ball. They can play ball control. And so obviously there's a difference between Purdy and Jimmy G. I'm not dumb enough to, to try and argue the contrary. But we it's going to take a little while to really figure out how big a difference that is. And I'm not at this stage going to write off anything because we're at the point of the season now where injuries will continue to happen and that will change the direction, the course of the entire playoffs. We just saw it this past Sunday with Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. The fortunes of both of those teams, you know, impacted in, in, in potentially material ways, but let, let's just see how it plays out for the rest of the NFL. What do you think, Dream? Well, I mean, for me, I, like I, I told JJ on Monday, I, I didn't think this was over for them. And, you know, like you said, Purdy didn't seem it didn't the moment didn't seem too big for Purdy. He went 25 of 37 for 210 yards and two touchdowns. And he was just thrown into the game. Now, I know that Dolphins defense wasn't great, but they threw the blitz at him and he was he I mean, he handled it pretty well. And the one thing I will say is that watching that game, it felt like Kyle Shanahan actually trusted Purdy a little bit more than he trusted Jimmy G. Like there were very there were specific moments that 
I remember Kyle Shanahan not being aggressive with Jimmy G. If you look at the NFC Championship game, it's fourth and one at the, the Rams 45 with, you know, 10 minutes to go. They're up three. They convert that. They probably score. They probably win the game. They elected to punt. You know, there was a situation where they actually went for it on fourth and four with Brock Purdy in, you know, Dolphins territory. And they didn't pick it up. But the fact that he was aggressive there with a backup quarterback who's pretty much making his first start, it said a lot about what Kyle Shanahan thinks about Purdy. So I think that he have a chance of pulling their Philadelphia Eagles like Super Bowl run. Nick honestly, Foles with the way pulling a page out of the Nick Foles playbook. Okay, Raheem. And the odds makers did not drop the Niners odds house as far, quite frankly, as I thought they were going to. Like, as I'm watching that game, I'm like, geez, what are the Niners going to get to? 20 to 1, 24 to 1? Dude, I look now, they're still 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Well, look, JJ, in addition to what we learned about Purdy's readiness, the more important lesson to me is how flexible that defense is. And if that defense stays healthy, now, you know, we, we didn't get the full version of the Miami powerhouse potent offense because of the two tackles missing. And Waddle going down in that game. And listen, I don't want to excuse Tua either, House, because listen, yeah. you know me, I'm King Tua. I love yeah. the guy. He's been great. He was very shaky. For two and a half quarters, he could not make a throw. Easy throws that he normally makes. Because they made him uncomfortable. And that's the lesson to me. What they but showed. You know what, though? House, House I got to disagree with that. Let me hear. Some of those. So I don't think he was that uncomfortable. I think some of it was just Tua playing poorly. Well, I think it was in his head. Some, you know what it is, boys? He knew, hey, I don't have my tackles. Nick Bosa is going to be in my grill. And it's like happy feet. You know, it's like, you know what I would equate it to, Raheem? It's like the yips. I think Tua maybe had a little bit of the yips on easy throws, to your point. Because, all right, maybe it wasn't disrupting him necessarily. But you're thinking about it being disruptive. And it ends up being a problem. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Just because, I mean, that interception to Tyreek. That was designed, that was one of those quarterback rollouts designed for to get your quarterback going. And he still threw an interception. There was no one near him there. Like, so it was just two, it just didn't play well. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but you know, that that's a game where the Dolphins probably should have won that game against a, a backup quarterback. But, you know, Brock Purdy made just enough plays to get it done. And I, I think ultimately that's what needs to happen here. I think, I mean, outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. Is there any real offense that really scares you that the 49ers can't shut down? No. It's interesting. We're going to see Dallas. That would be the one Dallas, that's interesting maybe. to me. Maybe, especially yeah. if they make sure that Tony Pollard is going to be the lead back over Ezekiel Elliott. Just saying. That, 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 <laughs> that, that's the only thing. That, that's the only team that I think has enough balance on both sides to be able to do something. Living in a world where Brock Purdy is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. It is Brock Purdy's world, fellas, and we are all just living in it. When we come back, there is a team that House and myself and Raheem have been rather bullish on the last few weeks. And I told you guys they were going to be a live dog. I think we were all on board with them being a live dog. And you might have missed the boat on their Super Bowl future. Just saying. I think you guys know who that is. We'll tell you next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So Cincinnati, what a win for them over the Kansas City Chiefs. Smoking Joe Burrow is now 3-0 in his career against Patrick Mahomes and House. I love the Bengals. I played them plus two and a half. 
actually think they should have won the game by more, quite frankly. And after watching that game on Sunday and seeing the way their defense has emerged and getting Jamar Chase back, the Bengals, despite the fact that their schedule is tough, dude, they could go win the AFC after what I saw Sunday. Why the hell not? They are 3-0 against Mahomes, for goodness sake. So guess what? They go to Arrowhead Stadium. They could go and beat him again as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I obviously we have been. You teased it up before we, we got back here after the break. We are on Cincinnati. We like Cincinnati. We've seen things coming together for them on both sides of the ball. Even with Chase missing over that little uh, stretch, they still have been figuring out ways to be effective offensively. The most important thing, I'm knocking on wood, I'm praying for it to whatever God anybody out there might subscribe to, let's keep Joe Burrow upright. Now, that's one thing that for sure they've been very good at uh, lately. And, and and you know, he we haven't seen him on the ground with the frequency that we saw last season, the playoffs, and even the first part of, of this season. And I, and I appreciate that. Mixon's coming back, but they have this really nice thing that they've found over the past four weeks with Samaje Perrine. And he, he's been really uh, a, a, a revelation in terms of giving them some options out of the backfield, a kind of escape valve that's really, you know, Joe Cool is just the baddest mother effer on, on the planet. So I have every confidence investing in him. The AFC Conference Championship is going to be so rich. Like, um, it's, it's a wealth of riches. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. It seems like Cincinnati, I mean, uh, uh, the, the road will go through either Buffalo or Kansas City, but I, I, I'm i not afraid of uh, of Cincinnati on the road, you know, in terms of investing in them. Well, listen, they won two road playoff games last year in Tennessee and one at Arrowhead Stadium. Raheem, now they're plus 125 to win the AFC North. Lamar Jackson out the next couple of weeks. Ravens schedule is still soft. Bengals schedule is still tricky. They got a tud. They got Buffalo. They got a weird game with Cleveland, who has their number. I feel like you missed the boat, though, if you want to take the Bengals to win the division. I'm not getting involved at plus 125 when I could have had 280 last week. Yeah, House actually gave us the drop on this one, and I just didn't see it because I felt like the Ravens were going to have an easy win over the Denver Broncos. And I actually, I was one of the only two of the East Coast biased guys who thought the Chiefs were going to win that game. So, and I think when you look at what their defensive coordinator has done in the second halves of games. I mean, they're absolutely shutting down teams. So this Bengals team, I mean, I think you got to be looking at their Super Bowl futures or their AFC futures because, I mean, we're seeing if they can beat Mahomes and, you know, they can make it look easy, then, I mean, the sky's the limit. And, you know, Buffalo, they've been solid, but they haven't been the team that we thought they were at the regular season. So, I think at plus 12 to 1, I think there's some value there on them to go to um, win the Super Bowl. And I think at plus 700, I think that's something that you want to get back pocket. Think about how that market moved, House. Two weeks ago, before they played that game against Tennessee, you could have gotten Cincinnati at like 28 or 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, 12 to 1, I mean, I still think it's a good price. I still think they're a very dangerous team. But it just goes to show you how these markets can fluctuate quickly. And if you feel a team is about to get on a run, you kind of got to move it before, dare I say, it happens. Because 28 to 1 was an amazing price on Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm sorry to have missed out on that. And, you know, as we look at their schedule, I think it's worth reassessing. Do we really think? Now, they, they, they have the Browns at home. They lost to the Browns on Halloween in a game that was an embarrassment to, to Cincinnati. Uh, I love them in a revenge angle. Then they're against the Bucs. The Bucs stink. Tampa Bay is a bad football team. I mean, I know what we just watched on Monday night, but I, there's nothing that scares me. Cincinnati about will that be favored team. in that game, in my opinion, House. I 100%. think they will be favored. I, I agree with you. Then they're at New England. That's always tricky because of Belichick, but on a talent basis, you know, the only game to me that's scary for them is home against the Bills because they finished the season home against the Ravens. And that, that could be for the division, but we'll, let's see what happens to the Ravens over these next few weeks with Huntley uh, at quarterback. So, I, you know, if you like in just one week's time, 
to some of the lessons that we learned from this most recent Sunday. I'm not so sure that I I look at that Cincinnati schedule. It it's it's potent. I mean, but I don't I don't say oh they they can't go four and one. They can't go three and two. And it starts this week. How about week 14? Look at all these divisional matchups that we have in front of us, including teams that are getting hot that are favorites this week that I don't think any of us, you know, would, would have had in, in that spot. But I, I don't want to steal the thunder. I'll let you uh, lead the way on, on week 14, JJ. Yeah. And how about the fact we might as well get right into this right here and right now. We have a 10 and two team. 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. They are underdogs against a team with a losing record. Raheem, doesn't it just go to show you that the wise guys in the desert and the analytics community, they are not believers in the Minnesota Vikings. And we're salty because we had the Jets last week and they should have covered that game against Minnesota. And I had New England two weeks ago. And I got to be honest, they should have covered that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Raheem, explain this to me because I know you have like some insight on how the wise guys think when they put together these lines. I figured it would be Vikings minus one, Vikings minus two and a half. Detroit, favored, bro. Your thoughts? Believe it or not, my motto actually has this game, Detroit Lions minus two and a half. And when you look at the t- the Minnesota Vikings, they're ten and two, but they might be the worst ten and two team in the history of the NFL. They have a Pythagorean expectation of just six point three wins. Um, so, like on average, they should have they should have lost four more games, but they've won nine straight one score games, nine straight one score games. So all of those one score games that they were losing last year, like regression has hit the opposite end. So. That's why you're seeing the Lions minus two and a half in the market. I think it opened at one and a half. And people are, like the wise guards are still pounding the Lions. And not only are you laying two and a half, there's some spots out here in the desert where you actually have to lay two and a half minus 115. Wow, so you so, got to lay juice at minus 115 with a team that has a losing record going up against a team that's 10 and two. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you look at, you know, how these teams performed last year. The Lions actually had a lead on the Vikings late last year before blowing it. So, I like, I totally understand why the wise guys and all the sharp betters are on the Lions. And, you know, I'm, I probably won't be on them at two and a half, but I think that one and a half was a great number. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. Look at the Lions. 25 or more points in, in five of the last six games. They're... uh uh the offense is this top five in EPA since since week ten. This is their third straight home game, and the Jared Goff uh, ASR. What what nickname are we given? Um, Saint Right Amon. What are we? I need a nickname for him, so I don't have to try and spit it out every single time. What what's Amon Saint Ra's nickname? How about the Saint? Anybody? The Saint. Great. <laughs> the the combo of Goff and the Saint. Bang! Look at that thing. Look at them cook. The thing I'm, I'm sorry that I missed out on, I haven't moved. We're taping this Tuesday morning. The line opened, the total opened at 52. It's already up to 53 and a half. I still might play the over. I mean, the Vikings can score. They had 33 points against the Patriots. They had 27 points last week against the Jets. I think we think of both the Patriots and the Jets as having, you know, top half of the league defenses, maybe even top 10 defenses by some metrics. We know the Vikings defense stinks. Uh, opportunistic, but but uh, underwhelming. I, I still might play this over and just re- w- enjoy, you know, watching this thing go out and maybe be a little bit of a track meet. Uh, I'm in on the Lions. You can lock this in as one of my circuit plays. You can lock this in in the contest. You can lock this in, which I already did, over at FanDuel. I got one and a half, Raheem. I still like it at two and a half because to me, the line tells you everything you need to know about this game. How many people are going to rush up to the window and say, "Wow, a uh, uh, ten and two team is getting points"? How do I, how do I not bet the ten and two team? Like that's the sort of game to me that's like an automatic play, no matter what. Like I see records, I see the line, and I just think the folks who put these lines together, Raheem—they're not stupid. They know what they're doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean without a doubt. I mean like. We broke down the Pythagorean expectation of the Vikings. I mean, there's a reason why that line is where it is. And, you know, I think 
I'm going to wait on this, though, just because I think right now we're a little bit late to the party if you're laying two and a half with the Lions. Um, I want to see if the public steps, steps in. I mean, NFL is the one sport where the public has their say. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some Vikings money on Sunday and maybe we get a better number on the Lions. But, I mean, that sharp money is all over on, on the Lions right now. So Lions are going to be one of my best bets of the week. Um, we'll get to the card for Week 14 coming up. And my hometown of New York, New York, takes center stage in the 1 o'clock window because go through the games – both New York teams, I think, are playing the most marquee games of the slate. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So as I look at week 14, the Jets-Bills and the Giant-Eagle game, to me, House, they're the two most appealing games on the board. Like, maybe not like our best bets necessarily, but as far as like juice and sizzle and what's the word I'm looking for? Watchability? I think sure. Jets, Bills, and Giants, Eagles, they got to be the top two games as far as watchable, right? Yeah, I'm not, I have no argument with that. They're divisional matchups. We have the Bills with revenge on their mind. You know, it was just week nine that they lost to the Jets. Uh, and, and really since then, it feels like the Bills have cle- completely like got back on the same page, got some health, had that defense that's banging. The 12 days that they spent, you know, two, two, two consecutive games. Uh, in Detroit, um, and and three road games, they they got right, and and I, I'm you know I'm a Bills believer now. I don't know about laying all those points. I do worry about Mike White going up against what will be for him the first legit defense that looks like you know it, it's it's got all of its its bodies and it's it's uh you know all of the 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 combobulation is on point with the Bills coming into this Jets matchup. I don't like the Bills with revenge on their mind in this situation for, for the poor Jets. I think and it's a Jets brutal really, spot for the Jets. I'm right there yeah. with you, House. I think it's a brutal spot for them because if you go back to last year, Mike White had an opportunity to play against the Buffalo Bills. Now, he's got more to work with this year. Scott Garrett Wilson, it's another year where he's comfortable within the system. But Raheem, he played against Buffalo last year at MetLife Stadium, and that game was an embarrassment. He threw a bunch of interceptions. He looked like a quarterback who did not belong. And I'm all on board the Mike White hype train. Like, he's a better option for them than Zach Wilson. He's the quarterback of the Jets, as far as I'm concerned, for the remainder of this season. It's going to be White Lotus time for Gang Green. But this game against Buffalo, Buffalo with extra time to prepare, Buffalo, who lost to the Jets earlier in the year, I would tease Buffalo every which way. I don't see any way they lose the game. And quite frankly, as far as the number is concerned, I think Buffalo is going to smoke the Jets. I do. I'm struggling with this one, but this does appear to be the public underdog of the week. I mean, when you look at the Jets, I mean, obviously they beat the the Bills a couple weeks ago, and they probably should have won that game against the Vikings. But... I mean, we've seen this number come down from nine and a half. There's now nines in the market. I think at some point there's going to be value on the Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure if I'm willing to touch it, but I think that's the direction you got to be leaning towards. Okay, Raheem. Eagles this week. Taking on a giant team that, let's be honest, does not have a whole lot of talent. I know you got your Giants tickets every which way. Dayball's awesome. They've squeezed everything they can out of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But, dude, Darius Slayton is their number one receiver. Like, the talent discrepancy between the Eagles and the Giants is so eye-opening. It's not even funny. Yet, 
They're a team that has kind of like defied the odds all year. Seven points, Giants at home. Any interest? This is tough. He's I, pausing. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. He's hesitating. This is for me. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm not willing to back the Giants here. I, I I'm just not. Um, you know, I do think the Eagles have some weaknesses in that they have the ability to run the ball, but I, I think right now the way the Eagles are playing. I mean, you saw them. I mean, they had no problems with Derrick Henry last week. I mean, they just got off to such a fast start. I, like you said, I think the Giants have just kind of reached the end of the rope. They got as much as they could possibly get out of this team. And for them to be 7-4-1, I think it says a lot. I do think you're probably going to get some wise guy support on the Giants here um, with them laying, them catching seven at home in a divisional spot. But I personally, I don't, I don't want anything anything to do with this. I make this number Eagles minus six and a half. So I, I think this number is pretty much on point. Yeah, I, I personally like the under more than the spread in this one. The number's 45 and a half. The Giants haven't scored more than 20 points in, in, in three straight games. And the Eagles on the road this year have been kicking people's ass. They've been holding the host to under 19 points a game on average. And I just think what, what Raheem said is, is on, on the money. The jig is up with the Giants. And, and you know, they have injuries on, on, on the front. The Eagles just had six sacks last week against Tannehill. They fear the Giants' rush attack not one little bit whatsoever. Um, and what Jalen Hurts showed us, you know, the, the man, oh, man, the Eagles, they were like, oh, so uh, this Tennessee team has a good rush defense. Okay, number one DVOA rush defense. All right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to come out and throw the ball. We're going to throw the football with our quarterback, who's the MVP candidate, you know, legit, with all the, with A.J. Brown with revenge on his mind. Let's just get the passing game going, and they whooped that ass. I mean, that game, it, fast start, They, they that game was over quickly. I, th- I don't even know if Derrick Henry got over 30 yards uh, on the ground. I trust the Eagles. I trust the Eagles at anything less than a touchdown, but what I really like is them coming out, throttling the Giants in the first half, giving Danny Dimes no opportunity whatsoever to come back and just have this game be like a, you know, a, 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 a 28 to 10, easy under, easy cover kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, that Eagle-Titan game was like a first-round knockout. And House, we talked to a lot of gamblers, like our buddies, our pals, everybody liked the Titans. That was like the kiss of death to me. Like I the know. idea, everybody, dude, Everybody I talked to, I love the Titans. I love the Titans. I love the Titans. Like, I didn't bet the game just because I heard so much of that. I'm like, mm, I can't do it, bro. Yeah. It was. Yeah, like- I didn't. I honestly, I didn't understand that move at all. I mean, it seemed like the sharp play. I mean, but when you look at the Titans, I mean, they're kind of like the Minnesota Vikings as a team that we, we kind of want to fade because they continue to overperform. So that move just didn't make sense to me. Um, how, was, how did you feel I, about I, tying, I, by the way? I, I haven't asked you this yet. And now that we're talking about the Giants, it's just coming to mind. How did you feel about a tie? A tie is a win. What are you talking about? For the C-words under those circumstances on the road in the divisional game where the playoffs are in the balance, a tie is a win. Now, I regret not having, you know, uh, a little bit more aggression in the fourth quarter and a couple of, of like the first possession in overtime, I would have preferred some play calling where they would have got themselves a little bit closer to the to, to field goal uh, opportunities. But once it became clear that they could control the clock a little bit and then dare the Giants to beat that defense enough. Now, it did come down to a field goal attempt. And, and oh, no, Gano, you know, he, he hit it right down the middle. He just didn't have enough leg. Uh, whatever's going on up there, MetLife weather-wise. So, as in terms of the playoff fortunes for the C-words, it didn't hurt them one bit, and that tie might end up being the thing that has them go jump over Seattle because it's it's just three teams: it's the Giants, Washington, and Seattle duking it out for that seven spot. Um, and and that 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 tie for the purposes of of a you know divisional tiebreaker, everything else. It, it amounts to a win as far as I'm concerned. Raheem, I tried to get our boy to get involved with some C-Words playoff money right after that that Eagle game. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to touch it. Uh, I kind of wish, for House's sake, he had that ticket right about now, dude. Just saying, Raheem. Yeah, I, I wish he had it as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I think they're the better football team out of those out of those teams, um, the Giants and the, and the Seahawks. 
I, I think they have a solid defense. Now, obviously, they couldn't get it done against the, the Giants. But, I mean, that's a divisional game. And they still have, I believe they have another matchup with them next week. After Sunday the night football so, on NBC for House. They'll be there. It's Prime a, time it's a week, fifth, week 15, mid-December NFC East tilt. I mean, I, I, I can't wait for it. So when we come back, I already hinted at one of my best bets. I have two more for you. We'll get into the Shark Tank. We'll see what the boys have cooking. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, boys. I'm firing two other best bets at you. I'm weirdly confident with both of these, which is disturbing. House, you're not going to like the first one. I'm going to tell you that right now. You mentioned you like Cincinnati. I'm going the other way here. I like Cleveland. I think Cleveland, for whatever the reason, matches up well with that team. And I know Deshaun Watson looked awful on Sunday. I mean, the fact that Cleveland covered that game with Deshaun Watson throwing for 150 yards and an interception is, like, insane to think about. And I get the revenge angle. There were a lot of revenge angles last week. They didn't go particularly well. I'm grabbing six. I'm not saying Cincinnati's going to lose. But I'm going to grab the six in the division game. Raheem, I'll actually let you break the tie here because it seems like House is on Cincy. I'm going to be on Cleveland. Where do you stand on that game? I'm, I'm rolling with you, JJ. I think this is probably one of my favorite picks of the week as it stands right now. I think Cincinnati coming off that big win against Kansas City, I think there's going to be some value in the market on Cleveland. And like one of the things that you, you have to look at is that, I mean, this is Deshaun Watson's second week. And like I watched Cleveland absolutely dominate Cincinnati and now they're catching six and a half. I just think that that number is way too high, especially for a divisional game. So I'm rolling with you there. How should we talk you out of it or no? No, the only thing I would say is that version of Cleveland never materialized. That's the best game that Cleveland played all season long. That defense went right back to form. They, it's a terrible defense. And, you know, I, I don't invest anything in what we saw in that matchup against Houston. Houston's so bad that people, you know, that the annual, like, what week are we going to get to where the worst team in the NFL, somebody starts saying, oh, I bet Georgia could beat that team. You know, a college team could beat the pro team. We reached it this past week. It showed up in the Twitter timeline. It's always the stupidest thing anybody could ever tweet. But we we hit that point with Houston, with that putrid performance, when they had every incentive to to even at least try and compete with the Browns. They They were on all sides of the ball out of the game, but I just, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not investing heavily in the Bengals. I just think we've now reached the point in the season where the Bengals are just going to kick ass. And I mean, you know, the, these divisional, um, these, these teams that are competing for the, the ability to, um, you know, win, win the division. I just don't think they're messing around any, anymore. Uh, and Deshaun, I can't overstate how bad he looked. But he me. looked awful. I, I mean, I'm not going to fight you on yeah. that house against the future defense, might I add. It's not like so he I, went up against some great defense like the Niners where you could understand it. He went up against the worst defense in the league. I, I, I mean, here's the problem that I have. As I look at all these divisional matchups, I like all the favorites. There aren't any <laughs> any underdogs that I feel like are, are um, you know, worth it, investing in. But I certainly understand. I'm just confessing my bias so everybody can hear why it is that I'm going the direction that I'm going. Okay. The other best bet I have for you, Raheem. I'm going at a well here, dude. I don't do this very often, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it here. I love my football team on Sunday night. I can't I can't stress that enough. I love my football team on Sunday night. They're staying out in California. I think the Chargers are total frauds. I think they're poorly coached. I think there's something off. They're not making the postseason. I don't think they have the physicality to disrupt Miami the way San Francisco was able to disrupt. The line has moved all the way to three. Now I feel better about it having it under three. I'm just throwing that out there. I got it as soon as I saw the opening line. I am in on the Miami Dolphins. Can I get your blessing now and make it two for two? I don't like it at three and a half. I'm going to be honest. Oh, it's hold on a second. It's it's at three and a half now? Actually, matter of fact, 
I'm seeing some three and a half, but there's some threes minus there's some three minus one twenty. So I mean that's that's fine. I I I tend to agree with you, but it's it's a tough one. I mean, the Chargers they lost three out of the last four games. Um, it's just the thing is about this 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 Dolphins defense is very concerning to me, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just I see this being a, a shootout. Like I, I see this as just being a game where, like. Both teams are just going to be completely lightened. Well, that's normally how it works with Charger games, might I add, Raheem. (laughs) Like, you don't get Charger games very often, and that included the game last Sunday with the Raiders, which we both had. That ends up easy, House. Like, I'm well aware of the fact that this is going to be a sweat, but like I said, I have it under a field goal. I still would lay it at a field goal. I think the Chargers will find a way to screw this game up. Yeah, FanDuel has it minus 114 at a field goal right now in favor of the Dolphins. And and look, if if you're looking for a way to split a tie in a shootout kind of situation, you already know that there's no home field advantage whatsoever, that that stadium's going to be filled with, with Dolphins fans. It's going to be packed with Dolphins fans out there in L.A. so far. The, the difference to me is, like, let's take the rookie head coach up against the bum that we know is a bum. Like McDaniel's inventive. He's thoughtful. He's creative. They the the guys respond to him. Staley's a bum. He's a dunce. He he keeps making, you know, re- re- repeating mistakes that we we, you know, call out. They continue to run an offense that that is uh, inefficient and disadvantages one of the top 3 quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So, splitting hairs, I mean, I, I like the Dolphins. I'm not going to invest. That's not a big game on my slate, but I like the Dolphins in this situation for sure. The Dolphins still are, are honestly playing for p- playoff uh, uh, opportunity. Like, their they're, they're, um, schedule for the remainder of the season is not easy. They, they, they're, they're not a lock for the playoffs yet, JJ. No, they have to win these games. And they go to Buffalo yeah. next week, and that's going to be a brutal game for them, a revenge game again for Buffalo. So, I agree. I think it behooves them to go and win this game. All right, House. You mentioned it's not going to be a best bet for you. It is your time to shine, amigo. Uh, We touched on this game already. My very favorite bet on the board as of Tuesday, and we don't have enough information really to to, um, dive heavily, but I would say go grab it right now, is the under in the Bills-Jets game. And there's a multiple of reasons, but the lead for that is there's weather. The snow in Buffalo that is in the forecast again, and as we sit here right now, there's a they're they're talking about winds up to 30 miles an hour. We already hit on the 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 potential bad matchup. You know, Mike White last year against this team, and the Bills coming in with both extra rest and revenge. I just think they're going to put the hammer down. I don't think the Jets are going to have much opportunity to score, and it's not going to be a ton of points. For Buffalo to win this game, I mean, it, it, it could be like a, a 24 to 3 kind of situation. And I think the weather will, will impact it. So my favorite play on the board right now as we sit here Tuesday is the under in, in Bill's Jets. Opened at 44 and a half, sitting at 43 and a half right now. But that's where I'm I going. I like that under. I like that under Raheem. Would you side there? I like it. 44. I'm going to fire in. Family play right now. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's a great under. Um, but I, the one thing I will say I, I actually find interesting is that you know, if you like the under, you're basically kind of saying that the Jets aren't going to score or you just like, so a lot of times the, the side and the total are pretty correlated. So like for me, if I, if I like the under, I'm kind of leaning towards the Jets there um, just because, I mean, you're basically saying either one of these teams aren't going to score too many points. So like if I like the under, I'm probably liking the Jets as well, but I, I like that. Point. Okay, Raheem, your turn. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm going with them big. Um, a lot of people are going to be on the Bucs, but the Bucs really struggle um, against that Saints team. And I know the the, the Bucs, the Saints have had the Bucs number throughout the Tom Brady era, but this San Francisco 49ers defense is for real. And now you got to go on the road, and for whatever reason, this line is getting bet down. And we've gone from five to three and a half, and I can see it going down even low. And I just think, there's a ton of value on San Francisco here. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense really hasn't been good at all. And I know when you look historically and you look at Tom Brady against, you know, seventh round draft picks, I think he's won six in a row. He's beaten Luke McCown, Matt Flynn, Tyler Paco, Jake Locker, EJ Manuel. And look Luke at you Falk. dropping some but, of these names, by the way. Jake Locker, <laughs> ACC Network's finest, EJ Manuel. Um, <laughs> 
The Luke Falk reference, though, is my favorite. So I give you credit for that. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, none of these guys have played under Kyle Shanahan with Christian McCaffrey and, you know, some of the weapons that these guys have, Debo Samuel. I just think the 49ers are just better on both sides of the ball. Like, the the Buccaneers needed a miracle to pull that off. And now you got to go on a short week and you got to go on the road. Like, I, I just don't understand what the public is seeing here. Give me the 49ers. I think they win this one by 10 or more. I, I love this. I heavily, there. I'm in. I, I heavily endorse out of house for sure. This is a little bizarre. Aside from Bengals and Browns, it seems like there's way too much unity right now. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys about this game really quick. It didn't come up for best bets. House, the Steelers favored against the Ravens. You surprised by that? No, not one bit. Absolutely not. Again, Another team that we, uh, in the conversations we've had uh, over the last several weeks, we've had our eye on the Steelers, and they had a bye week in there, and they got Kenny Pickett some time to get the reps with the first team. And the identity of the Steelers, again, this is like, this is a Mike Tomlin blueprint. He, he, he figures out what he has over the course of a season because, you know, it, it's changed, and it's a new world order uh, with Ben Roethlisberger out of the picture. It used to be, who are my weapons and how are we going to define our weapons on offense? Because you could always count on that Steelers defense. But man, forget it. The Steelers defense is too athletic, too good, divisional matchup, Steelers at home. I'm not going against the Steelers under any circumstances. Not surprised one bit that they're favored. It's Tyler Huntley against that Steelers defense. I think the Steelers are going to control the the flow of the game and and, and the script. And, and, you know, if I I, I'm probably not going to bet on that game but I, I, I prefer the Steelers to the Ravens. You know, Raheem, I thought before the Lamar injury, we'd get that with Baltimore being a slight favorite. Now we're not getting that same price. Now you got a late three with the Steelers. You still like it? No, I don't like it at all. I'm going to be don't. honest with you. Okay. I, think, I, I do not like this game at all. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually don't think Tyler Huntley is that much of a downgrade. Um, oh, from Lamar Jackson, really? I know he played well at times, but you don't think it's that much of a downgrade, really? Um, I mean, like, I, it's a it's a huge downgrade from Lamar Jackson, but it's not enough of a downgrade to where you should have the Steelers laying three. Like, I just, I just, I just think that's too much of an over adjustment. If you ask me, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, these teams played last year, and I think they played with Tyler Huntley. I think the Steelers won 16-13. And the Steelers team is much, much worse. I mean, it's much worse. And I think in that game, Tyler Huntley was 16 of 31 for 141 yards. He had two interceptions. I think he'll play a lot better. I don't think the Steelers defense is what it was last year. Now, I know they got T.J. Watt back. But I, I just I just think, honestly, this line, I think, that, I think a three is just a little bit too high. And, you know, at full strength, I actually have this number, Baltimore minus four on the road. So I think the right number is probably a pick. So that's your point. Your point is going from four to three, that a seven-point swing isn't warranted under these circumstances. It's not that it's not seven points between Lamar and Huntley. That's the point you're making. Yeah, I don't think it's seven points between those guys, especially Lamar this year. I mean, when you look at Lamar, it's not like like, Lamar played two, three series in that Broncos game. He didn't do anything. No, outside yeah. of first month of the year, Lamar Jackson has not played great. You're not wrong about that. Yeah, right? so I just I just think, I mean, this is being priced as if Lamar Jackson is still in his MVP season, and I don't think it's that. And Tyler Huntley is a capable backup who can do some of the some, – he can do similar things to Lamar Jackson. So it's not like you got to change the offense. And Tyler Huntley, he came in on a third and, what, third and 15 and completed a 12-yard pass. Just coming in cold, and then on the next possession, he drove him down to tie. So I think it's a very capable quarterback. I may find myself on Baltimore, to be honest. So a final thought here on the NBA card. House, Lakers-Cavs. Not nearly as dramatic as LeBron James returning as a member of the Miami Heat, but a homecoming nonetheless. And it sure seems like the public all over the Lakers tonight goes from four and a half to five and a half. You surprised? I'm not surprised. The one thing that I will urge people to do now, you 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 understand there's no uh, uh, nuance around this. Anthony Davis is available in the market right now at 24 to one as MVP of the league. 
24 to 1. He's plus 2,400 on FanDuel right this second. If you have watched this version of the Lakers, and then what they've done is beat up on bad teams, which, you know, you're supposed to do. But this version of Anthony Davis, this is the best we've seen him in, in two years. Since the more, bubble. More, Since the bubble. More than yeah. two years. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. If you believe that this version of the Lakers and, you know, Russ coming off the bench, it seems like some of the chemistry's coming together. Davis is making it his team. If you think that they're 8-2 and two over their last 10, again, collecting bodies against bad teams, but that's what you're supposed to do if you're any good. That's how you build up your record in the NBA. If you believe that they're going to be a mid-tier to, to, you know, maybe push up into the top, you know, six uh, seeds in, in the West, and Anthony Davis continues this per kind of performance, that MVP number is completely out of whack. you got to get, get a little bit investment in it, uh, invested in it at, at this stage of the game, I would say. Yeah, I, I totally agree with House. I, I think he's 100% right. I mean, Anthony Davis has just been, he's been a monster lately. And um, I know for tonight's game, um, Jared Allen is questionable. He did um, participate in shoot-around, but I still expect Anthony Davis to have a big game there's a lot of people playing LeBron James over props, 25 and a half. Um, I think that's up to 26 now, but that's a real popular play for that game. Um, I don't really have too much of a, an opinion on the side or the total for this one, but I know that's one of the big popular plays. I think the one game that kind of stands out to me is that I think the Pistons can cover the, I mean, it was nine. It's now down to eight and a half. I was looking towards the Pistons at the, um, nine, eight and a half, but that's the one that stands out for me tonight in NBA. All right, so Raheem rolling with the Pistons. I actually thought I was going to be on the Lakers. The fact that this line's gone to four and a half to five and a half scares the crap out of me, and you nailed it. Don't go anywhere near the LeBron props. They are totally out of whack. There's a reason why those props are as high as they are. I bet you have a whole lot of unders tonight. Just my thought. For Joe House, Raheem Palmer, great job by Stefan Anderson, stepping in for the War Gone Warrior. We're back by popular demand. The boys got all sorts of podcasts. Thursday, Friday, Sunday, these guys never stop working. That's because they're hanging out with me. What can I say? East Coast Bias boys are out. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. Be good.